What's going on, everyone? You're listening to the Brazos Sports Preps Cast. I'm Alex Miller. We've got a full house today. Of course, always joining us, Abigail Ochoa, high school sports reporter at the Eagle. What's going on, Abigail? Hey. We've got Travis Brown of the Eagle somehow making his way onto this show. Travis, what's going on, friend? Sometimes I only wake up to do podcasts for Alex Miller. Also, if you're a guest on this show, you're, you have to you had to wear black. On on Tuesdays we wear black. On Tuesdays they wear black. Okay. And joining us, good friend of the show, Mike Lucas. And for the first time, we've got Justin Woodard. It's the KX crew. What's going on, fellas? Happy birthday, Justin. I was gonna say you did this for my birthday. I appreciate you very much. <laughs> yeah, this is Justin's birthday you? present. How old are you, old man? Thirty-four. You see yeah. these welcome, see these? welcome to the club. I'm covering the gray up, man. Covering the gray. <laughs> welcome to the club. What's up, Mike? Doing good. Celebrated Justin's birthday last night. Hopefully, we're gonna celebrate some uh, some state championship appearances on Friday. Yeah. And and then there were two. College Station and Franklin are the last remaining Brazos Valley teams in the playoffs. And we've got the whole crew on to break down the two state semifinal matchups this week. Don't don't be worried, Justin. We're not going to talk about anything Oklahoma Sooners related. So <laughs> all right. Let's let's so get happy it. and then down. And then Mike <laughs> tweets out my name and then my Twitter blows up all day. So appreciate that. Well, let's let's get right into it. Uh, College Station, they're going to face Manfield, Mansfield Summit, excuse me, this Friday in a 5A Division I state semifinal, 7 p.m. in Waco at Midway's Panther Stadium. Hey, the Cougars, they got through the gauntlet of Region 2. We've been talking about that. that. That's what the season was building up toward. We've talked about in the past, the last few years, where they couldn't get past it. They finally got over that second-round hurdle, and then they finally got over Denton Ryan. Now they're looking to finish the job. You know, Justin, you, you were at that game last week between the Cougars and Denton Ryan. You know, what, what really stood out to you in that victory over the Raiders? Uh, number 34, Jackson Slinker, is still making tackles as we do this podcast right now. Uh, the, the, the dude is all over the field. Uh, but, but make no mistake about it, that defense of College Station, I know we love Marquise Collins, and I'm sure Mike and, and Travis and, and Abigail will give him love. Uh, Marquise Collins, what that offense does, but let's let, – Let's take a minute and, and give the defense all the love that they deserve. I mean, three interceptions, uh, a blocked punt by special teams, too. Didn't Ryan's driving to go win that game, Alex? We're, you're on the sideline, and I'm like, come on, man. We really want these guys to win this. I mean, they have third and two, I think, from the 50, and Chance Johnson gets a huge uh, uh, chance. Uh, what's his last name? Yeah, Johnson. It's Johnson. Yeah, Johnson, yeah. Uh, gets a huge sack, makes it fourth down, and then they stop him inches short. But even before that, I mean, that didn't Ryan offense. You saw how big they were up front. For that defensive line, Connor Lingren in the middle to, to stuff that run all night long, aside from a few breakout runs. Uh, that defensive line, the linebackers, the secondary, they just play as a unit. And, boy, it is fun to see them when they're clicking on all cylinders, uh, flying to the football. They, that is a joy to watch, man. They are uh, they're physical, boy. They are physical, and I think that's what won in the game against didn't Ryan, and I think physicality. Toughness is what's going to carry them to AT&T Stadium. Yeah, Abigail, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a question, too, because you've been covering the Cougars all season. That was by far the closest game that they've had. You know, For sure. You know, what do you feel like was the X factor in, in, the, in the way that they were able to close that game out where, you know, they haven't really been tested down to the wire in the, in the fourth quarter all year? 
Yeah, well, I think the thing is, uh, College Station, we've talked about it all season. They have so many guys who can do, I mean, a multitude of things. It's not like one guy is just doing one thing on the team all night. And they're able, they have so much fight. They have the endurance to play all four quarters, like we mentioned. I mean, they haven't had to uh, during the regular season, uh, playing just a half. But they really have so many weapons to kind of use. You know, you even get... Um, you know, Traylon Sewell, who's who's the, the leading receiver for them, he's the reason that they got good field position in their last drive to score that game-winning touchdown. I mean, he fumbles at the 20, grab picks it up, and runs to Denoran's 48 without that. I mean, I don't know if College Station would have scored there. Who knows if Denoran would have won that game. Um, but, you know, that's just an example of kind of they have so many guys that they can turn to, and I think that really showed um, – I think that's – why they, you know, they haven't had a hard time beating these these teams who are maybe uh, more one one dimensional than most. And Den Ryan is not one dimensional. I mean, they were they were able to, to kind of show out. They have a lot of good runners back there um, who who had some success, you know, despite everything on Friday. Um, but I think College Station, they just <laughs> they have everybody. Uh, they, like like Justin said, they have a great defense to to go behind, even when the defense makes little mistakes. Um, we, it's like minor or it's maybe for five minutes of the game. And, and when you have a team like that, um, you know, you get this far and, and college station has been able to get this far because of that. Yeah. Well, remind me guys, remind me real quick when college station high school opened Alex, uh, 2012. Okay. Not too dissimilar from Mansfield summit. Uh, I covered the, the Jaguars up there for a while. Uh, when I was up in Dallas and they were, they opened up in the, in the mid aughts. Um, and uh, when, when Mansfield high school was the big uh, program and, and the, the one to beat in there, and they've kind of overtaken them over the last uh, few years, they were pretty good there in the, in the late aughts, like six years after opening. Uh, and then uh, were uh, uh, was, weren't too great two or two years ago or so, but have really kind of kicked on the, the, the jets here the last two seasons. So it's kind of been interesting to see one of those programs that I covered that was, that was uh, in their infancy uh, somewhat back in the day that now is kind of separated itself as a little bit more of the powerhouse in that, that school district that has what now, like five or six schools. Yeah. So, I think it's uh, five. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Go ahead. Alex, you, you talked to the uh, Shannon Hall, the, the uh, Mansell summit coach on Monday, I believe yesterday. Um, what did he have to say? I know he's local. He's from here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, they're, Coach Hall, he, he's an A&M consolidated graduate, played for Ross Rogers back in the 90s. Uh, so his, his parents still live here in College Station. And, yeah, he's he's the head man of, of the Jaguars. You know, he was saying that they really hang their hat on their defense. And, you know, it starts with Joseph Adidere, their, their defensive end. He's committed to TCU, three-year starter on varsity. Uh, you know, Coach Hall only had – nothing but high praise for him hard, hard worker good leader i mean everything you'd want in a in a standout player especially on your defense and you know that's really big for them to to have a player like that especially when you think about who where college station's bread and butter's been all season it's been with marquise collins especially in the playoffs you know last week in the passing game wasn't going very well for the cougars they really turned to collins and and he really gave them you know that that spark they needed on offense to get things rolling you know, looking at Summit, though, they had a couple of early season losses to to Jinx High School out of the Tulsa area in Oklahoma. Uh, they they got beat pretty good by Austin Westlake, but, you know, they're the favorite in 6A Division One. So, I mean, or Division Two, I think, excuse me. 
but e- either way, you know, th- those are good early tests. They lost in overtime to Jinx, who is one of the top programs in all of Oklahoma. And th- they've had some nice wins the last couple weeks when they, they beat Midlothian. They, they avenged an earlier season loss to, to Colleyville Heritage. You know, this is a team that went to the state semifinals last year. You know, they've been here before and they've been here pretty recently. And so, you know, Coach Hall said that 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 run last year really helped set a standard for this year's team. No Mansfield ISD school has ever won a state championship. And so, you know, they're trying to be the first. uh, They they don't have a state title appearance either. Summit uh, does. Summit does not. Yeah, a couple of other, couple of the other schools do. I think Lake Ridge mm-hmm. does, and uh, uh, one of the other schools does too. And I can't remember which one, but yeah, Summit does not have a state championship appearance. There is no title in the in the in the school district, and you know that that Coach Hall was saying they're trying to put that that area in in the spotlight in a positive light. And so you know, making it this far, pretty good. They're going to probably have to play their best game yet if they want to get to Arlington and make that short little drive up the road next Friday. So, well, Abigail, uh, we'll, we'll close on college station with this. What do you think are the keys to victory for the Cougars on Friday? Well, I think there's two major things. So I think defensively they have to stay away, you know, from, from some of getting those little extra yardage or, or stuff like that. Cause I think I talked to coach off this morning. He said, someone's really good offensively about, you know, extending their drive or, or uh, getting extra yards, or maybe it doesn't look like they're going to get anything, um, which is oddly enough, something that College Station has been very good about doing with Marquise Collins um, in the backfield. But I think the defense, we saw them uh, give up a few, a few touchdowns to, to Den Ryan there that, you know, were, were you know, just, uh, we haven't seen that from them this season, the Cougars kind of giving up those big plays there, but um, I think that'll be crucial. Um, and then for the offense, just to stay two-dimensional, let, let you know, hopefully Jed Huff is able to find more of a rhythm this week. He wasn't able to against Den Ryan. They kind of were able to shut down that passing game a little bit. Huff was able to get a few passes here and there to, to, to Houston Thomas and Traylon Sewell to, um, you know, get a first down or stuff like that. But overall, I think it was give the bottom marquees and see what he can do or Nate Palmer um, and see what he can do there. So um, I think it's crucial for them to kind of set that standard as they have all season of the running game, opening up that passing game. And um, so, yeah, I think those are the two keys staying two dimensional offensively and the defense, um, you know, not, not letting summit kind of run away with those, those um, extra yards there. Well, Franklin, they're taking on Wascom in a 3A Division II state semifinal Friday at 7 o'clock in Mesquite. Mike, we'll start with you. Do you think this is going to be Franklin's stiffest test yet? I mean, nobody's really challenged the Lions all year. I mean, Wascom doesn't have to do much to be the stiffest test stiffest test yet because Franklin hasn't seen any competition through the first four rounds. They've outscored their opponents 256-13 to 13 in four playoff games. I mean, that is just flat-out unheard of. They beat both. 66 nothing. I know Travis and I were at the field last Friday for the game. <laughs> and, you know, it was over in literally six minutes. Six minutes into the game, Franklin scored on their opening drive, got a three and out, scored a passing touchdown. And as soon as that passing game for Franklin is clicking, you just go, you might as well go home. Like start the buses and leave because if, if Marcus Wade and those receivers can connect and, and have any threat vertically in that realm of the offense, you're not stopping what Franklin's going to do on the ground when you have to commit that extra guy in the secondary to stopping Hayden Helton on the outside. So yeah, it was over so fast. So I think Wascom a is probably the best team or 
should be the best team they've seen all season uh, outside of Lorena and, and Wascom, you know, might be as good on, if not that same level as Lorena. Uh, and yeah, they haven't seen competition yet. And he talked about college station finally playing some better teams in the postseason after kind of cruising through district and see how they would respond to a close game scenario in the fourth quarter. I think it'll be interesting to see how Franklin kind of handles that. They haven't been in a game after halftime since Lorena in week one. I mean, it's been what 14 weeks now it's three and a half months since they've been in a situation where when push comes to shove, we have to make a player or we could lose. So it'll be interesting to see, but, but this Franklin team is so veteran laden and they've been through the fire before making it all the way to AT&T stadium last year, that it's not like it'll be a, an unknown or uncharted water situation for them, if they find themselves sure. in a close game, I did that for you, Justin. It's your birthday. I'll go back to saying water tomorrow, like a normal person. But uh, it should be fun. I mean, Wasco's really good, and they run. They both run the ball. It might be the fastest game in high school football history. We might see a total of like six passes thrown and you know eighty-five runs, which when you're on deadlines, not the worst thing in the world. Travis should be able to get his story in the seats nice and early, <laughs> and hopefully, I'll be able to you know do something for the show based on how quick it goes. But yeah, it should be a good game. I can't wait to see. You know those hats that just say run the damn ball? Mm-hmm. You know, Fisher wouldn't give a chance to carry late in the fourth quarter. Oh, ain't got to worry about running the damn ball in this particular contest. There's going to be about 85 to 90 carries, and it should be a good one. Wasn't last year a one-point game? It yeah. 14, 13. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Abigail, you were there. What do you remember about that kind of slugfest of a game, 14-13? Yeah, well, I, you know, I was, t- I was talking to Mike about this before we started recording, but I, I do think when you kind of look at the season overall, Franklin, they, they've had a pretty similar season to where they were last year at this time. Um, they were able to kind of ride through the playoffs. They did have some challenges there with Buffalo and, and, and teams like that. But I think overall, um, those challenges were only in the first half and then they kind of came back and, and blew them out of the water. Then they get to Wascom. I... Um, I'm trying to remember the score at halftime, and I think it was 7-0 Franklin. Um, and, and, you know, that's unusual for Franklin. And I think this year it's going to be kind of similar to that too. Like Mike was saying, you know, we're going to really see if Franklin can can pull out and fight and win in the fourth quarter game again against Boscom, who I'm sure wants to win after losing last um, last year, getting, out, getting knocked out of, of state title contention. Um, so it'll be really interesting, I think, but I think looking back at Franklin's last season, a lot of these same guys were on that team. Um, they had to fight against Buffalo. They had to fight against Wascom and then they had to fight against, um, Canadians. So uh, they have that experience behind them, even though this season they haven't had to fight as much. Um, but yeah, last season, it, it came down to, uh, uh, you know, Marcus Wade throws to Hayden Helton deep in the end zone and they win. So I think, I don't know if it's going to be that close again this year, um, but I, I think it is going to be um, a pretty good game to watch. And and it might come down to the fourth quarter. We never know. But um, yeah, last year was was a, a great game to be at, um, especially with them being our last team um, alive last year. Travis, you'll be at the game Friday. You know, what are you looking for from the Lions this week as they try and continue their march down the road yeah and first off thing to mention about the kind of budding rivalry that's happened between these two they believe they faced off in the 2015 state title game where wascom won and so they're they they, they got revenge like uh uh something i believe somebody said last year um and uh were able to 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 kind of make this a little bit of a of something that this is a game that 
I know uh, Mark Fannin said that they they were looking forward to they they knew that if they could get through the Region Four bracket that this was probably going to be the matchup that they uh, were going to face in the state semifinals. So everyone kind of knew um, this was coming a little bit. The thing that Franklin has done really well has been extremely efficient on offense. You can talk about how explosive they've been, but Bobby Washington, I covered the Stockdale and the uh, Poth games. Um, And if you look at those two games, Bobby Washington, uh, who was their leading rusher in both those games, he had 350 yards on 19 carries and five touchdowns. And then you have uh, as a total, as a team against uh, Poth, they had, they averaged 11.3, yards per rush and then 23.75 yards per pass in that game uh in against stockdale 16.3 yards per rush in the whole game and 15.2 yards per pass it's really kind of actually the passing game when you talk about their offense that intrigues me a little bit more because but in both those games marcus wade the quarterback was three for four had 95 yards and 76 yards in in both of those games but they 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 run the ball they run the ball they move around they use a lot of misdirection running the ball and then usually they get within the 30 yard line or so and they have like eight guys in the box and then they can send all of their wide receivers out and Marcus uh, Wade is actually a really pretty d- good passer a very accurate passer and almost always you'll see on the first or second drive of the game just everything beyond 10 yards open up and he can hit uh, uh Hayden Helton uh, like he did in that playoff game for, for a touchdown. I mean, Hayden Helton has a, ca- a passing, a receiving touchdown, I believe, in both of the games uh, that I covered so far. And it's just really impressive for a team that runs the ball, that runs the ball, that, that'll go maybe two or three drives running the ball every play, that then they do decide to pass the ball. Not only is it run with great execution, but Marcus Wade can still dial and fire in a, a strike after not having thrown a ball probably in an hour uh, and, and, and put it right in there. So that's been great. Also, you got to look at the defense too. Last week against Poth, they, uh, were really fired up because a lot of people said that Poth was the best defense in class class three a, uh, and it was, um, actually their defense that stepped up. They didn't, they, it was 18 yards at halftime that Poth had on offense. And they didn't get a first down until, uh, I believe more than midway through the second quarter uh, finished, I believe with just eight first downs in the game. And it really wasn't until they did a wildcat set because their quarterback got injured um, late in the game that they were able to actually run the ball at all against Franklin. Um, so yeah, I mean, it is just an absolute mark of extreme efficiency uh, with this team that I think has been what's made them most successful. Well, Travis, you know I'm always down to eat somewhere good. You got any good places that folks traveling to the game need to stop at in the Mesquite area on Friday? I mean, the 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 go-to place is uh, Mesquite Barbecue. Uh, that's just a little hole-in-the-wall place. Good, some good barbecue up there. I'm trying to think. Mesquite Memorial's lot. I mean, you know, if you if you want the staples, just the thing right next to Mesquite Memorial is a Texas Roadhouse. Get some rolls. Get a steak. You know, go there. Uh, but, uh, let's see if you're heading up from college station, you're going to take, uh, you're going to take 45 and go all the way around, uh, 20 to 635. And you, your options are a little bit minimal. If you want to get into the Dallas area, my, my pick on, um, central expressway is always Tupanamba, a good Mexican food over there. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's probably your, 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 your best bets. Um, get some barbecue and mesquite, go, go that route. Yeah. 
So I, I had limited uh, exposure in covering high school games. I haven't covered a whole lot this year, but I'm, so I'm going to recuse myself from this, but for y'all, what is one high school team since there's only two left that actually surprised y'all a little bit from, from what they did, maybe overachieved a little bit uh, through this high school football season, Alex. Yeah, Mike, let's start with you. Oh, Mike, let's start with you. Can I go on the, the opposite end? Not surprised in a good way, but disappointed. Go for okay. it. I'll say Huntsville. I mean, uh, we came in. I know it's a tiny bit out of your DMA or your circulation. We cover them. The team was ranked fourth in the state to start the year. And they had a plethora of injuries. And they had the season from bad word. And it just didn't go as, as planned. And, you know, I think Coach Southern is as good a high school football coach as there is in the state of Texas. I mean, he is an elite coach. And you looked at this team on paper, they have a division one quarterback. They have a couple of D one kids on defense. They had weapons. They had guys back from last year on a team that was really good. And they were young at certain places, the offensive line, the defensive line was young and they got exposed in a way that I never could have foreseen them getting exposed, especially in that console game, Alice. I know you and I were both there when console with out Brody Daniel ran for a bajillion yards on seven carries. Is that the appropriate word to use? Bajillion? Like, I mean, Trey Taylor. We might Trey well Taylor be should have had 400 if they don't get a tacky holding call yeah. way behind. Yeah. So that that was my biggest Brazos Valley surprise. At You look at what that team could have been and what it turned out to be. Uh, I mean, it was night and day. It, night and day. And I'm sure Coach Southern will have that program back on track next year. I fully expect the Hornets to be a contender in whatever district they end up in uh, moving forward, 5AD2 realignments happening. But that was my biggest surprise. I, I just I cannot fathom a world where Huntsville didn't make the playoffs. Well, and, and to your point, you know, Huntsville having a down year really opened the door for Rudder to finally creep into the playoffs and make that elusive postseason appearance. Uh, you know, that that was something that went down to the down to the last week of the season. Rudder loses that game to Fulcher. If if Huntsville beats Rudder, Rudder's probably left out and Huntsville's sneaking in at that fourth seed. Or so. or Alex, if Rudder wins that last game of the season, Huntsville sneaks into the playoffs. So it, it was an entire domino effect that, you know, changed the trajectory of two local teams. Rudder never made the playoffs. Huntsville seemingly never misses the playoffs and you know, a simple outcome like that. What was it? It was a botched snap in overtime, right? That that's what did Huntsville in against Rudder. Yeah, he played. He, he fumbled it at the one. He fumbled it at the one yard line. He was diving for the goal line. Looked like he might have had it. Fumbled the ball. They said it was out before he crossed the plane. I don't know. It, it, it was a. It was a close one. But it's it's like that meme, the Ben Baby meme, where your yeah. foot is this far away from the, the difference the white between line. winning and losing. Yeah. Yeah. Bad podcasting, but visualize that meme right now. That was the Huntsville season. Exactly. Justin, how about you? Uh, I'll go with Centerville, especially. I don't know if y'all saw on Twitter, but uh, Coach Hardy, the not the Coach Hardy, but his, his son, I believe, posted a picture after their, their loss and said, you know, not the way he wanted it to end. And shout out to our seniors. Guys, there was only like seven or eight seniors in that picture. So, I mean, for them to get as far as they did with just that, uh, that running back duo uh, now with Hancock uh, and and um, what's the other one? Uh, Newman. 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 Just back? Are you, you got to apologize. He's starting to forget things now that he's still Yeah, I'm getting old. Uh, but, but you tell me those two dudes are back? I mean, come on now. Uh, so I, I, was, I was 
surprised they made it as far as they did to begin with. Then I saw the senior picture where there's not a lot of seniors on the team. Um, the Hardy's got some some talent to work with the coming years, and um, yeah, that that that's a tough region to get out of. There's no doubt about it uh, down at that two A D one level. But uh, I'll, I'll go Centerville, and uh, hopefully they make a run again next year. I do need to throw in there for the people who are just listening to this and not watching. I'm glad someone got uh, Justin a toy to keep him from getting distracted while on the podcast. Lincoln slash new name boomer is all over me right now. So, (laughs) (laughs) Uh uh-huh. Sure. I think, I think someone he's really bringing it to you to play. So keep you occupied. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Abigail, how about you? Okay. uh, I have a couple. I think Cameron, uh, you know, they started out, Uh, oh and four and then they kind of came back and were able to um at least put up a fight in that district um their losses were fair losses to like really good teams and i think uh rick rhodes obviously new new head coach over there i'm really excited to see what they're able to do next year they have a lot of young talent on the roster this year um so that'll be exciting uh they lost quarterback uh, zane zeinart who's at rosebud lot now um so it is pretty impressive i think as they challenged Hallettsville at the end there. Um, and, and what they were able to do this season, I think, uh, considering the start that they had is, is pretty impressive when you look at the whole scheme of things. And, um, you know, Rhodes, Rhodes is used to winning. And I think next year that they're going to be a force um, in, the, in that district. But I think Burton also, uh, they're a team that I said at media day, I think we should all be looking out for. And um, they really showed, they really showed out. I think, um, they had a lot of trouble last season coming out. They weren't sure exactly. They couldn't find a rhythm. They didn't really know who they were, I think. And I think this season with the Heinz brothers on defense, with uh, Ryan Rowling on offense, they were able to find that good quarterback in him. Um, and even despite losing those seven games, like we've talked about Alex uh, the past few weeks, they were able to make it this far, play a fall city team who's who has been really good this season. They, you know, they only lost – 34 to 20. So um, yeah, they, they had a really good season, I think, despite kind of the troubles that they went through last season and even losing those seven games. Um, they were kind of a tricky one to, to follow in the playoffs. It was a number one as a number four. So um, yeah, Burton and Cameron are mine too. I'll, I'll throw one out there actually, because it's the only other team I really got to cover this year. And I think if you watch the first three games of what Brian put out on the field, uh, it was you thought they were going to lose every game this season. But when they find found quarterback Tate Allen, who was able to kind of get that offense moving, um, I, I mean, it was kind of impressive what they were able to do to even just make the playoffs at the end. Uh, so I think for, for me, that it was an easy one for me to say because it's the only other team I, I covered mm-hmm. other than Franklin this year. But I think if you would have asked me early in their season if they were going to make the playoffs, I would have just laughed. So uh, pretty impressive on, on their part there at the end of the regular season. That's the right answer, Travis. In hindsight, that's the right answer. <laughs> that is very much so the right answer. I got two quick ones. Uh, Bremond, you know, coming into the season, a young team, uh, didn't really know what we were going to get from them. They had lost some really key pieces, uh, you know, kind of struggled there early in the season, lost three games, you know, come back. They find a way to make the playoffs. They get to the third round. And, you know, talking to Coach uh, Kazowski before the season, he said, if we can just get to the playoffs, like that'd be huge for a lot of these young guys. They did that. They exceeded that and got three rounds deep playing on Thanksgiving week. So that that's going to maybe pay dividends in the future. And then I'll say a Consolidated because coming in, you know, watching them at seven on seven, you know, it was kind of like, I don't really know what we're going to get from these guys. And then Brody Daniel was electric. I mean, the dude was just incredible. 
but they dealt with a lot of injuries. You know, Brody going down with the head injury. Uh, Keyshawn Thomas missed the majority of the regular season with that knee injury. Um, and then having to go to a freshman with Will Hargett, who he's going to be great, but he but he was just playing like a freshman there for a few weeks. Uh, you know, lost a close one to Montgomery. Um, but he got real. He got a lot better as the season went on. And when they got Keyshawn Thomas back, man, they were just rolling. Uh, offensive line was stout. Defense was really good all the way around. And, you know, they gave Crosby a really good fight. And come to think of it, Crosby's still in the playoffs. They only lost by three, man. Uh, so, you know, for Consol to get to that third round with a lot of young dudes coming back, the, the future's bright for Coach Fedora's squad for sure. So, all right, guys, I think that's going to do it. Uh, well, Mike, Justin, you think we'll you think we'll be seeing some football next week from from the two schools we've got left? I'm going to guarantee it. Okay, we're yeah. going to be at AT&T Stadium Thursday and Friday. Let's do it. Yeah, I, you get through Region Two, man, for College Station to make it through that gauntlet. Put them in, baby. Put them in. I think I, I think that Franklin Watson game is is close now, guys. I think it's close, uh, especially limited. Think about it. Limited possessions. You know, they run that wing T slot T, whatever you want to call it, too. So you get the ball, what, three times a half, maybe four. If your defense gets a three and out, maybe four. But you're not talking, uh, uh, you know, unlimited possessions in that ball game. That's what makes it. That's where an underdog kind of sneaks in and something like that is. You know, and, 14. And that was, that's what makes it great to cover because you're yes. done by like 945. Proof. Exactly. So anyways. Point said, yeah, I rambled. I got to go golfing. I rambled too long. Um, but, yes, we're going to AT&T Stadium two times. All right. Thanks for coming on, guys. We appreciate it. Be sure to Bye. check Eagle.com and uh, follow us for all of our coverage. Be sure to check KX for all the highlights on Friday's games. And uh, we'll see you next week.